Hey everybody, this is Jeannie Faulkner and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting and Politics, the podcast where we talk about all of that and then some. I always rattle off my book's background and credentials at this point in the podcast, but today none of those titles matter because this week I'm a parent and an American and a global citizen, and I'm just plain sad. I'm dismayed and frustrated and, oddly enough, inspired. It's been a tough week here in America where our beloved Toni Morrison passed away this week at the age of 88. Um, if she's not on your radar yet, please use this week's flood of memories that are all over social media to inspire yourself and to read her work. It's essential for anyone who values literature, but even more important for white people to read, specifically because there is so much we take for granted about our white privilege and the world that we live in. And all of us need a profound education on American history and American life that's true and not centered on what's white. I came upon a clip from an interview Toni Morrison did for Time Magazine back in 1989 called The Pain of Being Black that I think is still a great and relevant illustration of this fact. And I'm going to read the interviewer's questions as well as uh, Morrison's answers. Um, hang on one second. So it's in Time Magazine and Time says, this leads to the problem of the depressingly large number of single parent households and the crisis in unwed teenage pregnancies. Do you see a way out of that um, set of worsening circumstances and statistics? And Morrison answers, well, neither of those things seem to me a disability. I don't think a female running a house is a problem or a broken family. It's perceived as one because of the notion that a head is a man. Two parents can't raise a child any more than one. You need a whole community, everybody, to raise a child. The notion that the head is the one who brings the notion that the head is the one who brings in the most money is a patriarchal notion. That a woman, and I have raised two children alone, is somehow lesser than a male head or that I am incomplete without the male. This is not true. And the little nuclear family is a paradigm that just doesn't work. It doesn't work for white people or for black people. Why are we hanging on to it? I don't know. It isolates people into little units. People need a larger unit. Times question. And teenage pregnancies? Morrison's answer. Everybody's grandmother was a teenager when they got pregnant. Whether they were 15 or 16, they ran a house, a farm, they went to work, and they raised their children. Time. But everybody's grandmother didn't have the potential for living a different kind of life. These teenagers, 16, 15, haven't had time to find out, find out if they have special abilities, talents. Their babies having babies. Morrison. The child's not going to hurt them. Of course, it is absolutely time-consuming. But who cares about the schedule? What is this business that you have to finish school at 18? They're not babies. We have decided that puberty extends to what, 30? When do people stop being kids? 
the body is ready to have babies. That's why they're in a passion to do it. Nature wants it done. Then when the body can handle it, not after 40, when the income can handle it. Time. You don't feel that these girls will never know whether they could have been teachers or whatever? Morrison. They can be teachers. They can be brain surgeons. We have to help them become brain surgeons. That's my job. I want to take them all in my arms and say, your baby is beautiful and so are you. And honey, you can do it. And when you go be a brain surgeon, call me. I will take care of your baby. That's the attitude you have to be about human life. But we don't want to pay for it. I don't think anybody cares about unmed, unwed mothers unless they're black or poor. The question is not morality. The question is money. That's what we're upset about. We don't care whether they have babies or not. Time. How do you break the cycle of poverty? You can't just hand out money. Morrison, why not? Everybody gets everything handed to them. The rich get it handed. They inherit it. I don't mean just inheritance of money. I mean what people take for granted among the middle and upper classes, which is nepotism, the old boy network. That's the shared bounty of class. Whew. It's provocative stuff, isn't it? I've taken care of a lot of very young mothers as a labor and delivery nurse, 14, 15, 16, 18, 23. Some of them are even younger than 14. Um, Some of them are way, way, way too young for the job. Some of them, though, were pretty much up to it, you know, as much as any mother of any age. And the difference between their ability to raise their children well, well, as they grew into their own adulthood themselves, was exactly what Toni Morrison was talking about. It comes down to family, community, and support. It's the, you know, societal expectation that, We're a family and we'll raise our children together, even if they do have their own children at a very young age. The problem isn't actually always the mother's age. It's society's expectations that she'll achieve certain milestones at a certain age, like high school education by 18 and college by 22, and then a few years establishing a career, then a few years married, and then children. I mean, seriously, at least half the babies born in the United States are unplanned pregnancies. And I got to think that most of them aren't on this exact time schedule. You know, I think about that when I hear someone say, well, if she couldn't afford to have a kid, then she shouldn't have had one. Or she should have thought about all that before she got pregnant, right? As if any of us are thinking all that clearly in the moments when a pregnancy begins. It's a lot of blame that gets heaped on girls if they reproduce outside of a certain norm or family model. But when we ask ourselves why that model is so important, well, you know, I think back to what Toni Morrison says. I think she sums it up real well. The nuclear, little nuclear family is a paradigm that just doesn't work. It doesn't work for white people or for black people. Why are we hanging on to it? It isolates people into little units. People need a larger unit. So yeah, she's provocative, right? She leaves me with so much to think about. And I've thought about her often in the context of, you know, where in the world of motherhood are we? And in an essay that's included in Andrea Riley's book, um, Toni Morrison and Motherhood, 
um, she wrote, there was something so valuable about what happened when one became a mother. For me, it was the most liberating thing that ever happened to me. Liberating because the demands that children make are not the demands of a normal other. The children's demands on me were things that nobody ever asked me to do. To be a good manager, to have a sense of humor, to deliver something that somebody could use. And they were not interested in all the things that other people were interested in, like what was I wearing or if I were sensual. Somehow, all of the baggage that I had accumulated as a person about what was valuable just fell away. I could not only be me, whatever that was, but somebody actually needed me to be that. If you listen to your children, somehow you are able to free yourself from baggage and vanity and all sorts of things and deliver a better self, one that you like. The person that was in me that I liked best was the one my children seemed to want. Well, such universal wisdom. And I bet every one of you who are already mothers kind of know what she's talking about, you know, if not all the time, but at least moments of knowing that you and your child are exactly perfect. So thank you, Dr. Morrison, for your wisdom, example, and provocations. And thank you for teaching me a white woman like me so much and inspiring me to learn so much more. Let's take a quick break and then come back for a couple more stories in the news. Okay, we're back and we're going to just keep on talking about current events this week and stories in the news because like I said before, this is a heavy, heavy week for America and for parents. There have been three more mass shootings this week in Gilroy, Dayton, and El Paso. And we all know it's just a matter of hours before we hear about the next one. Scores of Americans just doing their thing, shopping, dancing, praying, going to school, kids in preschool, babies in their parents' arms. They've been mowed down by senseless gun violence, perpetrated by hostile, misogynistic, white supremacist, gun-toting men. These are American terrorists who have no problem getting their hands on guns that have been designed to kill the maximum number of people in the shortest amount of time. I, you know, I read and heard about how great it was that cops killed one of the shooters within a minute of the massacre's beginning, but he was able to kill dozens of people during that minute. America is okay with this. We were okay with this. That is as long as we continue to allow Congress to stall common sense gun control laws that most of us support. We're okay with this, if we continue to vote into office representatives, senators, and congresspeople whose campaigns are funded by the NRA, the National Rifle Association. But you know what? We, we can't just blame Capitol Hill. We have to face, you know, that so many members of our own families and communities are disenfranchised and that they are at risk for being placed in the line of fire. We have to acknowledge and look at the ways that American culture and society lets men like this thrive. We have to acknowledge our own racism and the ways we also support biases against people who we consider other. This shit's real, mamas. 
And if this week's back-to-back bloodbaths weren't enough to convince you, then just wait for it. Pretty soon, you're going to have to take your newborn to daycare or preschool. And before you know it, kindergarten or first grade or high school or drop them off at college or just send them out anywhere in the world. And you're going to have that clutch in your stomach, that uncertainty and anxiety that we've all come to know now, that we've all kind of thought of as just the new normal. What if it's today at my school, at their school, my work, my church? It's almost always men, but sometimes women grab guns too. In fact, many years ago, when I was um, fairly new in Portland, and my youngest kids were enrolled in a local public school, kindergarten and first grade, I think. Um, it was a much sought after magnet program with an arts focus. And at that time, it required a special application process. Now, the school also drew kids from the local neighborhood. But if your kid lived outside the neighborhood, you had to apply um, to go to that school. You guys are familiar. It's a process. You know, it, it's frustrating. Um I was a night shift nurse back then, and I would work from seven at night until, you know, 730 in the morning and get home about eight. And I'd say a quick hi and bye to my my kids um, and my husband. And then he would drive the girls to school and I'd sleep until they got home, you know, like two thirty, three or something like that. Um, It was early in their first year there, like still the first week of school or something like that. And when my husband brought the girls home from school one day, a couple hours earlier than I'd expected, he woke me up and told me that there'd been a shooter at their school and that our girls were fine and that nobody was actually hurt. The one bullet landed right by my daughter's desk. What had happened was this. A woman who lived outside the neighborhood wanted her child to attend this school real, real bad. She wasn't happy with the school in her own neighborhood. But she hadn't filled out the application process for whatever reason. And um, so, you know, she wasn't enrolled. Her child wasn't enrolled for one of the, you know, at a neighborhood arts magnet spots. So on this day, she just brought her kid to school and told the women at the front office to enroll the child and do it. (laughs) And uh, the office woman told this woman that it, this mother, that it didn't work that way and that she'd have to go down to the public school district office and, you know, go through the procedure. And the mother left, but she came back later that day with a gun. And she, the front office staff took off running and the mother ran after them and shot the gun into the hall towards my daughter's classroom. And then she ran away without taking another shot. And I don't, I don't know what kind of gun she had, but she only took that one shot and she didn't hit anyone because by the grace of God, she missed the office woman and all the kids were out on the playground at lunch. Oh, the woman was arrested and I don't know what happened to her or her child after that. Here's the thing though. She didn't have an assault rifle. Fast forward to 2019 and it's a whole different story. So here's what you need to do. First, find out who your members of Congress are by logging on to whoismyrepresentative.com. That's whoismyrepresentative.com. They make it super simple. Plug in your zip code. That's it. Voila. 
They give you the name and all the contact info for your senators and congressperson. Second, call them and email them and say this. I want you to support radical but common sense gun control laws. And if you're, you take campaign money from the NRA, I will work to vote you out of office. Believe me, your voice and vote matter a lot. It doesn't take hundreds of people to make a difference. If a member of Congress gets as few as a dozen calls or emails on a, a certain specific subject, oh, they sit up and take notice because they know that single call represents a community of like-minded voters. So they pay attention. So please make the call, send the email, and be sure that you support campaign and vote for candidates for 2020 who make gun control a central pillar in their campaign platforms. This is especially important for listeners who are Republicans, because right now your representatives are not representing the way that most Republican Americans think on gun violence right now. They're taking away your voice by supporting extremist gun freedoms that are resulting in hundreds, literally hundreds of mass murders every year. It's now people. It's right now. This is the one where we have to grab the reins and take control. Okay. I'm worked up about all this. Like I was after Sandy Hook and I still had children in schools and I'm worked up like I was after Las Vegas and I love to go hear live music. I want our children the ones you're having and raising now to survive their childhoods and to not be afraid when they go to school. And I want you as parents to know that when you drop your little ones off at daycare or church or soccer or the mall, that they're going to make it home alive. Okay, let's move on. We're going to take another real quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, thank you for hanging with us during this heavy, heavy week. I know I've rambled on. And I hope you don't mind too much since the last few weeks have been a little bit light on the ramble. Um, And I know I haven't lightened the mood one little bit yet. And I really, really do really bank on reassurance and hope. And I really do think that it's going to get better. We're going to be okay. We're going to come through this because now is the moment and we're all going to do it. We don't have a guest this week. Nope, it's just me sharing my heavy heart on the passing of a great woman and on our country's racism, violence, and disregard for its own people, especially women. Next week, I promise to lighten up considerably. And today, I will leave you with something author Brene Brown posted on her website uh, just today, August 7th, about the best parenting advice she ever received, which came from Toni Morrison. Brene wrote, Toni Morrison explained that it's interesting to watch what happens when a child walks into a room. She asked, does your face light up? She explained, when my children used to walk in the room when they were little, I looked at them to see if they had buckled their trousers or if their hair was combed or if their socks were up. You think your affection and your deep love is on display because you are caring for them. It's not. When they see you, they see the critical face. What's wrong now? Her advice was simple, but paradigm shifting for me. She said, let your face speak what's in your heart. When they walk in the room, 
My face says I'm glad to see them. It's just as small as that, you see. Hmm. It really is. It's the small, tender kindnesses and expressions and gestures that matter most and touch our hearts and connect all the bridges. So I'll leave you with that this week and ask that in honor of the passing of Toni Morrison and at least 31 Americans who died in Gilroy, El Paso, and Dayton, please call your senator and congressperson today. Remember, just go to whoismyrepresentative.com. Tell your representatives that you want them to support radical and common sense gun control laws, and that if they take campaign money from the NRA, that you will vote them out. That's power. And that's your job as parents, to create the world you want your children living in. Thanks for listening, everybody, and for being curious about the ways pregnancy, parenting, and politics are all connected. It's really just common sense. We'll talk again next week. You can learn more about me at genefaulkner.com. Tweet me at genefaulkner. Email me jean at genefaulkner. And find me on Facebook and Instagram at Common Sense Pregnancy. And please pick up copies of my books, Common Sense Pregnancy and Mom's Side of the Story. Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye. Mama.